This episode of Lucas Tigers and Browns is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes, and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. My po- oh my goodness! We're, we're he just hits the live. He just hits. He just hits so live. Luke, Luke and Nation. There's no last uh, thing. We're live. This is what he does. We're Boom. live. We are live. So Luke and Nation, you're in for a treat because this is one of those guest episodes I've been looking forward to for a long time. The gentleman in front of me, Cartel, Coach Co, uh, cardboard coaches. Please take a moment. Go subscribe to their channel. They are a hobby talk show where, you know, they have a really, really amazing dynamic where they cut right through the middle. They speak their mind. They're very transparent and honest. And they, but they also have differing opinions on a lot of things. And I think anybody listening to this would find tremendous value. So a part of today's episode will be kind of the origin story. The thing I love is like kind of how they met, uh, where they come from. They're both coaches in the fitness space. And a little bit of what they've learned in fitness and how they've implemented it into the hobby. So that's one part. Part two will be, part duh, will be what duh. would they love to see? D-E-U-X. Duh. Yeah. Um, do. Part D. <laughs> but you can call uh, it part duh. duh. It's right I on. Believe it's, I believe it's, it's pronounced duh. Duh. <laughs> is what they would love duh. to see. <laughs> part D-U-H. Is, is what they would love to see in the hobby in 2023. Things that they don't like. Things that they despise. Things that they love. It's um, They're both very opinionated guys. Similar to my host, co-host Cage. So we'll get at that. Before we go origin story. I actually had a question to start off. Right? Because you guys are opinionated. You're very intelligent. You've been in this hobby for a long time. If someone stopped you on the street. I'll start with Cartel. Then I'll go to Coach Co. And said, like, what are your values for the hobby? You know, someone wakes you up 2 a.m. They're like, what, why do you love the hobby? Why are you in this? What would you say to them? People are always stopping the cartel on the street. Um, the, it's, it's always remained the same to me, which is just the, the powerful effect that the hobby can have on individuals in terms of anchoring their lives. Hopefully, hopefully for the better, hopefully in a positive way. But... It's, it's the passion that is involved in, and by the way, when I talk about the hobby, my mindset encompasses most arenas of collecting. This is my favorite thing when, when curating my Instagram feed is that there's people collecting basketball cards, there's people collecting soccer cards, people collecting hockey cards, there's people collecting comic books, there's people collecting action figures, all these different realms of um, collecting and enjoying a hobby. And when you get to know these people you get to, to feel that passion that really anchors their lives that's the kind of thing i want to play off everything plays off of that by the way the business of the hobby plays off of that passion um i suppose you could even say investing is a passion as well for a lot of people but everything plays off the initial fact that there is a reason why people are collecting these rectangular pieces of cardboard which might be befuddling for the average person or someone who, who, who isn't really in it, but everything is stemming off that all these conversations we're going to have are, is going to stem off the fact that someone really has that desire to rip open a box on Christmas, organize their collection, show off their collection. Um, post a picture it. of post a card of Patrick Wah. And then I comment, isn't that the guy that scored the goal? Yeah. 
And you're like, no, I, this guy fights. I think you met Martin Brodeur. I think that's yeah, I think so too. But uh, but there you go, right? Like you, you you see it in your feed. You guys see it every day. Um, that's that's what I want to uh, branch off of at all times. Whether it's giving people information, trying to protect people to a degree, um, which is what information is about, having conversations. It all boils down to your local hobby shop, having a conversation with a bunch of people, feeling this level of comfort that's almost equatable to like family. And then oftentimes it's, it's strangers. That's powerful to me. I like investigating that and digging through that. Okay, all right, go to so, Coach Co. No, don't go to Coach Co yet. No, it's four minutes in. We'll go to Coach Co. Give me one minute here. So yeah. guys, I apologize. A couple things. Number one, Andrew told me a couple guys were coming on and I shouldn't shave. Because my facial hair game is not up to the, uh, you know, up to snuff. I mean, look at Cartel with this ridiculous, like, I don't know what the hell you call that thing. And you, Coach, I don't know what, it's even worse. And then you got Andrew over here who has been growing this for four years. (laughs) It's the best he could do. He looks like a pirate. I haven't shaved since this morning. So I got this going on over here. But but, but more importantly, we can get off the facial hair. We'll get you this crazy things you guys got on. But but, but more importantly is this. I try to put myself in the shoes of of the listener every now and again. And I also try not to lie ever to anyone. Um, So I will start off here saying I've never heard of you guys. I don't know who you are. Um, and I think half of the audience doesn't know who you are. Maybe more than half the audience doesn't know who you are. So before we talk about um, passion and what happens on the street, why don't you tell the audience who you are and where they can find you? Do you have a podcast? Do you, are you guys collectors? Do you have a Coach Co? There, we, we'll go to Coach Co, and you can you can let folks know who you are because I guarantee there are people out there listening who, like me, are like, Absolutely. who the hell are these guys? You know, and and maybe they'll take a pause now, five minutes or fifteen seconds in, and find you and follow you and subscribe to your channel and all that stuff. So who are you? Thank you. I think that's great. Um, I appreciate so it. I'm Coach, Thanks. <laughs> I'm Coach Co. You can find me at Coach Co Collectibles on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok. Um, we also run the Cardboard Coaches podcast on Instagram. That is the cardboard.coaches. On YouTube, it is Cardboard Coaches. On Spotify, there we go. Cardboard Coaches. I appreciate that. So, guys, take a um, pause. Go find them. Go subscribe. Go listen to their content. Go, you know, go follow them. No one wants to follow me. But go follow these guys, you know, and get some followers. We'll, we'll start 2023. You guys get another podcast, another coach's podcast to go listen to. I appreciate that. Thanks. Sorry for the deviation. But you guys, you do tangents too, if hypothetically I listen to you. I'm a yeah, tangent guy also. I mean, I appreciate that tangent, you know. So that's the kind of <laughs> tangent I'm, I'm about. Actually, I'm, all, I'm about all tangents. Um, in terms of like hobby values, I think the biggest thing for me, and Cartel kind of touched upon it, is the community aspect. Um, and you'll get like a bunch of those other factions again that Cartel spoke about in that community aspect. Um, knowledge, uh, you talked about not lying to someone ever, right? I mean, a good, a good faction of community is the fact that like there's some togetherness there, and a, like I mean, you can be honest with the people in your community. Um, I think that's in, it's massive in terms of you know other ma- other big values. knowledge is power right the more knowledge that we can provide to the everyday person i know for me and and i know you mentioned origin stories and kind of where things came from a massive part for me in you know starting to collect initially which was probably 15 years ago or so with things like soccer stickers 
uh, when I would run over to the local corner store, it was a dollar a pack, and I'd fill up my my stock. My, my Nobody stock. collects soccer. I know. No, well, he says soccer carts, and we can talk about No, they don't collect soccer carts. I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong. He listens. No, no, listens. I don't think he's I don't think he's wrong, but like, you you know, back when I used to fill out the book and like me and my friends had no idea there was any value outside of just completing a sticker book. Um, it's, it's for me, it's a massive part is nostalgia. It's, um, it's bringing you back to, you know, lighter times, times where you didn't really have to think about or give a shit about the economy or responsibilities or, I mean, any of these things. I mean, a lot of us who are collecting now um and and i say collecting and not people who are like speculating and getting absolutely wrecked on some of the things that they're buying and they can't stand looking at um you know the the past is a, is a massive element in in you know whether it's a memory with their grandfather who's no longer here or um you know a, a really big moment on christmas morning or you know something of that nature that really ties them to a specific moment in time or multiple moments in time or multiple people um, and so, I mean, it's not really a hobby value, but I think that if we can all tap into that and, and really kind of cherish and create future moments like that, whether that's for future generations or for the people in our communities, then I think that we can be a bit of a safe haven for, I mean, all the bullshit that happens on a regular basis. Um, and not to say that we're going to go in, you know, ignorantly and like drop cash um but i just think that we can all kind of do our part in in making this a safe space and and creating that community element love it if someone asked my value so the way and i'm very proud of this and, and i mentioned this before we started the show with cartel but the way cartel and i met was i think transparency is one of my values right and what i mean by that is Entering into this hobby, I felt like people weren't willing to have conversations. I felt like there was just like this underlying hush-hush of what's going on in the hobby business. And the way Cartel and I met was he was commenting on some things was about, I think, uh, a partner collectible, right? And he was like, tell us more information was the gist of why you're in this partnership, what you're about with this partnership, and how you see it coming out. Is that fair to say? Uh, I'd say it's a portion of it elaborate but but the whole point was we had a call him and i where for an hour i felt like we were able to get away from being behind the the screens of instagram the screens of our phones and really get Absolutely. a chance to get to know each other right and here's why i'm in the hobby i'm in the hobby i'm a millennial so to speak i got in for money i started collecting i'm learning this business i would like to make the hobby a better place with my contribution and that's something that could have never been uh achieved just by commenting on Instagram, right? So one of my values is actually getting to know the people in the hobby and trying to find a, a little bit of a more middle ground. I feel like there's the the group of people who want to keep this pure, honest, and a hobby. And then there's people that are trying to be build businesses in it. And there's this huge divide. And I almost feel it's sort of a mirror into the politics of America. Whereas I think a little bit more moderate and a little bit more understanding of why the true hobbyists, the purists want to keep it that way and why people truly want to set up camp and build a business, both can work. And I I took that, it sunk in after our conversation. So I, I'd like to say thank you for that. Sure. And it's it's like, you know, uh, one of the one of the things I, I wanted to mention is, is so Coach Co and I have kind of a unique place and a unique perspective in all this. First of all, we are in the great white north. Um, things are a little bit different here from the value of our dollars 
to uh, to the products, to the mindset of the collectors and and the businesses in in Canada. Uh, we had a unique spot in all of this early on because of what Cage mentioned. We are a bit off the radar for most. Uh, we both have very dedicated people that have started following us and communicate with us almost every day, quote unquote fans, just as you guys do on a larger scale. Um, we were coming from this perspective, particularly myself having been around for as many years as I have in, in this specifically the sports card world. Um, I got this perspective coming into 2020 and I don't know what you want to call it. What, what, what do you want to call the boom market? The, we, I sometimes refer to the lockdown, but you guys, I don't know, some of you guys didn't even have lockdowns like we had in Canada, but I call it the, I don't know. The what stimmy is it, the period. Yeah. You know, the, the stimmy period. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was coming out the other end. I, I, I was around before that. A lot of people weren't, which is not a bad thing. It's not a slight. I mean, to this day, we've got people entering the hobby space. That's fantastic. We need that. We want that. And I guess a part of me was, uh, and for the coaches, was two things. Number one, kind of catching people up on things, number one. And number two, taking notice of what was going on. And, and quite frankly, a lot of what was going on, which you see in a booming market. Again, I'm not trying to speak about this necessarily like it's nefarious. It's natural. At when you look at human nature, when you look at capitalism, a lot of people were getting taken advantage of, and there was not a lot of transparency going on in the hobby. I think there have been massive improvements. There are still some big discussions in the hobby. Man, you know, the first time I, I saw card porn, I was like, wow, there's, there's, there's this feed that is attempting to be some kind of hobby watchdog, and that's pretty cool. And, you know, here we are a couple years later, and people are now questioning their motives, their, their associations as well. I find all that stuff interesting. Um, I didn't come at you, Andrew, in a way where I was, you know, displeased with you or didn't or, or, or felt, you know, certain negative ways about you. It was really all about the content, what was being presented. And the reason why you were on my radar is because you're prominent in the hobby, right? If I see your face in a feed, if I see your content, hear about Luca Nation, you've built something great. And, you know, with with the great power comes the great responsibility. So it was an excellent um, opportunity to have that. When was that conversation, by the way? Like September, maybe? Yeah, it sounds about right. So you're the one who cost me a lot of money. You cost me a lot of money, Cartel. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you. actual phone call? Yeah. In terms of the phone bill? Whatever you guys said on that call imploded the whole relationship with collectible so thanks cartel you owe me some money right i'm I'm learning about this he's a little head and a little brain it just takes one phone call to get in there like a like a bug you get in there like a worm and boom just gone so whatever you did you owe me you owe me some money hopefully i'll I'll get the details later but i mean i assure you you owe me that information oh that information stayed with i should have known canadians eh? I'm just playing. No, but so I love this, by the way. It's I, I mean, what's funny about it is, is I hate it everything gets, the way you choose it gets to be. 15 minutes. It gets so serious 15 minutes in, right? You know, like, I, I mean, I love that Andrew likes to hide behind words like moderate and transparency, right? But then it's really just a matter of attacking people in the hobby that he doesn't like. And, you know, what I would like to say to everybody who's listening, to everybody who's building content, transparency, it's a misnomer the way that he's using it. Be transparent about yourself. You know, transparent is I'm going to be transparent about what I'm doing and what I'm saying and how I'm acting and how I'm navigating in the space. 
transparency, the way you're trying to use it is you want to force transparency on other actors. And that's not transparency. That's sort of trying to shine a spotlight on things that you don't like. So you're using the wrong word there. Be transparent about your own actions. That's not it at all. People want what, to understand exactly the what you conflict said. of interest. That's like, so that's have different. No problem with that's, that's not, card it's not transparency. Yes, it is. It's no, who's. Who, you're asking yes, for others is. to be transparent. People have no problem with card porn being a hobby watchdog, but they want to know who their alliances are with too at the same time. So you're asking for card porn to be transparent. We're asking for a more and you're asking for an anonymous account. account to be transparent, right? So it's more transparent doesn't mean right? uh, public. Like you don't have to let people know who your face is to know who you are in business with, right? But so what you're doing here is you're focusing on what other people are doing rather than what you're doing. What you can control here is what you do, right? So so you know you can't control what other people are doing, and that's part of the problem I think that we've had in 2022 and bleeding into 2023 is. We're all looking at what somebody else has on their plate to eat. We're all looking at what everybody else is doing. And instead, what we should be doing is looking back at what, what we had on our plate and try to you know, fix that. Look at our own house. Get our own house in order. Make sure that what, the way we behave is the right way to behave and maybe set an example for other people. And maybe everybody else will fall in line. And I think that'll probably be a good thing, right? And if you're a collector or you're a business or whatever it is, like I'm not going to worry about PPP loans. I didn't take any PPP loans. And if I did, I know I did it for the right reason, right? And And... I'm not going to go after somebody else for doing it. It's just not me. It's not my brand. It's not something I want to do. And I'm sure the, you know, the vast majority of people listening to this don't want to hear it. If they do want to hear it, there's plenty of other places for them to hear it. So that's my take on uh, that's just me being transparent. So I you love know, what you guys are bringing. I have my I opinion, it. but I want to hear the guest's opinion on yeah, that. Yeah, shoot. The, the, the reality is, I mean, but here's the thing. And I, 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 can, I can agree with a large portion of what Cage just said. I've kept myself out of, for example, the PPP uh, loan, you, you're not you're not going to hear that content on cardboard coaches. But by the way, one of the reasons is is because there are some people who've really dedicated themselves to having that discussion. I don't want to go over the same. First Correct. of all, I don't find it as interesting. Number one and number two, I don't want to tread over the same trails, so to speak. I don't really care who card porn is. I've made the joke that what are they trying to do here? Once they figure out who this guy is, are they going to drag him from his home and? toss him into the river i i don't know what the ultimate goal is but they're all gonna eat but, kit kats in the shower i don't exactly know what that means but they all want to do it i have a can we get cage an answer with kit kats did, in the shower did Cage just have chocolate this morning is that what he just revealed um <laughs> no. but, but regardless it's 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 kind of like but i i understand all of it i understand uh Okay, I, I like the idea of getting your house in order. Uh, that is a very Canadian idea without mentioning any particular influencers out there. Um, but again, uh, there, I, being that we were kind of early pushback, um, right around the time card porn was, was getting going, and now we're like nowhere near the top of the pushback pile. There's, there's, I'm sure you know some guys who I think you guys have, just have had chats with before, like AIH, who now has a huge channel. It seemed to come out of nowhere. This guy got huge overnight. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, you know, he had his army of followers and now several of them are questioning his methodology and what, what his agenda is. It's just this loop. It's this cycle that keeps going. Um, right. All I know is, and you know, yeah, it's, it doesn't last. It doesn't yeah. last at all. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that baseball player who has to use the steroids, right? Yeah. He'll, he'll be a flash in the pan. It'll be great, but he's not going to last. His body's going to break down. You know, it's that, that, that hockey guy who comes in, he's a goon. Right. Okay. Fine. You know, you could be a goon for a little while. You can be the fighter. You can be the guy who gets in the penalty box, penalty minutes. But you're not gonna have that long of a career. You know. Or, I mean, so, so 
you know, but and I just I want to throw something out really please. quick. I'm just, I'm just going to go for it because yeah, Paige, Paige is really setting a tone right now, and I'm going to mm-hmm. ride with you. Please. Okay. So you don't get are, waves in Canada. You, you guys are <laughs> ride yeah, the glacier. Waves of snow outside. Uh, <laughs> we we all know Victory Investments, correct? Yep. yep. Um, he just did uh, a couple. Look, some of my favorite content has nothing to do with controversy. Has nothing to do with pumping cards. It has to do with discussing the hobby and some important elements, and also educating people. Uh, Dave from Signed and Slab did an entire series of you know auction watches that I found really interesting. Good content. Next thing you know, he's he's doing the PWCC top 100 or whatever it was. Um, Victory Investments just went over an entire series exploring shill bidding. See where I'm going with this, Andrew? Now, do people, uh, now look, new people to the hobby and even people who've been here for a while are literally DMing this gentleman questions like, what is shill bidding? Now, mm-hmm. do we, does anybody have a responsibility to discuss that with someone who's inquiring? Does anybody have a responsibility to discuss that with people who are involved in auctions, right? Brand new people to the hobby, they're, they're bidding, whether it's at a big auction house or on eBay. They don't have that information. They don't have that degree of logic yet. They don't know how to go into a bidding history. They, they don't understand what's going on with an auction they won or they lost. Where, at what point do some of us you know, have that responsibility to share that information and have these discussions and perhaps offer a little bit of help to the average hobbyist or a new hobbyist? Yeah, I think uh, what Cartel was talking about initially was like less about like, I don't know, weeding people out and more about providing as much information as humanly possible, as well as uh, having conversations that perhaps people aren't willing to have. Uh, I mean, like recently on our podcast, we were talking about uh, grading hockey cards with SGC. And if you look at some of the SGC prices with hockey cards, I mean, they're some of the worst comps for SGC cards, quite frankly. Yep. Because it, the, the hockey just hasn't really taken to SGC. Um, and, you know, having that discussion as to, like, not necessarily, it's not a pump by any means, just like, why is this happening? Um, they're a credible grading company. They've been around for quite some time. They've got grading pedigree. The three most expensive cards ever sold were in SGC slabs. Um, so, like, why is it, why hasn't it taken? Will it ever take? Who's going to be the one to, to throw their hat in the ring with respect to this? Uh, we've all done that already. At least like I said, we've all, as in me and Cartel. Um, so I like so that just, though. That's a good talk, but it's, I think it's in the manner that how you do it, right? So, yeah. so if, if you've now identified that, you know, SGC hockey comps are low, right? And you do a little piece on it, you do a five minute segment or a whole episode where you guys talk about, okay, here you go. We've got these cards. Here's the similar card in a PSA slab. Here's the similar card in a Beckett slab. You know, here's the SGC comps. Here's what they sell for. Okay, here's a here's the same type of card, same year, right? Like let's let's look for you know Gretzky and then some Messier and then Patrick Waugh. Let's look at some vintage. Now look at some modern. Let's look at some Connor McDavid. Let's look at you know some of these guys here, similar cards. And and now we're just doing kind of like, hey, look at this. Why is it? Anybody got some commentary on why this is happening? Is it because people don't grade hockey with SGC? Is it because people who collect hockey don't like what their cards look like in an SGC slab? Like, like it is, there's evidence backed. It's question asking, it's fact finding, and it's based on evidence. You're not just coming in and saying, guys, SGC is crap. Don't put your well, stuff in SGC well, because well, that's where the so, conversation started. So the conversation that, started that, that because, the, the because people were saying that, like, why the, why the hell would you grade? 
with SGC. But then you went through it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Well, but that's a valid question, right? I mean, it's a valid question because it's based on on actual facts, based on data points, right? Right. So, and I, and then you go through those facts and those data points. That's just one example, right? You know, collectible. You have another example. What I guess what my problem is is, you know. It's funny. Nobody was doing this stuff when everybody was flying and everybody was making money. There was no expose pieces. There was no, you know, content that was blowing up overnight about gotcha stuff, right? And all of a sudden now people are losing money. And I like to call it like, you know, people people get on me when I say this, but it's like a misery loves company, right? It's like, okay, everybody's losing money. Let's look for a reason to blame other than the fact that, you know, we came in late. We weren't as lucky as the people who were here before us. We didn't buy the right stuff. We, we took too much of a gamble. You know, we took too much of a risk. We bought too many penny stock cards. We bought at a high point instead of a low point. I'm going to blame everybody in the world but me. It's some vast conspiracy theory. And all of a sudden, the hobby content became what's really at Area 51. You know what I mean? Rather than, okay, let's figure out a way to talk about why we shouldn't buy an SGC card or why Beckett is better for this. I mean, it's based on actual stuff. Like, I, I'm, well, I mean, that's you t- see a lack of accountability even from like the big companies. I mean, if we look at sure. like, what Alt is doing suing BGS, I mean, like, like, are they not responsible for buying a card and cracking it out? And is that not, is there no accountability there? Do you know, like, um, you know, I understand that it might have come back as trimmed or whatever the hell it is. But I mean, you bought this card, you attempted to crack it out, you knew that the, this was a possibility and now you're attempting to sue. Like, I mean, where's the accountability there? And I think, you know, the great content that gets done on that, people talk about it the right way and they say, um, like Paul Lesko, who goes through the allegations yeah. that are in the complaint, talks yeah. about the facts, talks about what actually happened and what's there. Where the bad content is the one that says, look, alt suing Beckett. But look what alt's done for the last three years. And alt just took money and they're frauds and blah, blah. Without actually, like, yeah. I'm not, by the way, that's not me saying all no, the fraud. No, for sure. That is me saying you shouldn't be going out there and making content and calling them names and dropping bombs and saying all these things that you don't have proof of. Instead, go through the actual topic like you did, which is Alt versus Beckett. What's behind it? What do you think about it? Let's look at the facts here and, and talk about the facts. Instead, so what I love about AIH is he created a term of hanky panky. Yeah. That's something that's completely not a fact. It's not provable. It's not something that anybody could ever come after him for saying. Like he no can Ronies. go out there and say, "Oh, Hanky-Panky there's hanky panky, there's hanky panky going on," you know. There's hanky, but what the hell does that even mean? Like no one's going to sue you and say, "Well, he, he lied. That there's there's slander here. You know, there's there's libel here. Uh, he said I committed hanky panky." Okay, can, can you give me the legal definition of hanky panky, please? No. But if you act and use words like fraud, different story. Cage, you do yeah, understand the, the, the reason behind this. This is an unregulated industry. So no, that's not the reason the, behind it. Not at all. Let me finish. Sure, There's go no governing body that regulates breakers or activity in this hobby. So the participants who love this space want to protect it. You can protect it all you want with, by, by going through the facts and shining a light on it. Without they don't have make, the schooling you do at, at law. They do the best they can with the information they have. Just because you're an idiot doesn't mean I have to apologize for you. You promised you'd never say that again. Well, I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, you can't go dropping bombs about people. Can't can't go and lie. You can't, can't make statements of fact about somebody unless you can back it up. That's the problem I have this, with this. Shoot, go ahead, Cartel. This is where the area of opportunity lies in, in content. And again, not tooting the cardboard coach's horn here, although I am going to toot it a little bit. Uh, the way that we covered the Alt Beckett 
scenario, again, is as Cage said, we didn't come into, I know what I know about Alt and I've observed. I know what I know about Beckett and I've observed, but I wanted to weigh both ends of this, right? And, and, and again, the SGC discussion came from a gentleman who, you know, made some comments. And again, they were directed towards a friend of mine who was involved in this, in this grading submission. And funny enough, this was coming from a gentleman who two days earlier had expressed that he, you know, he has had enough of this hobby, presumably because he's losing so hard. Yep. So you've lost so hard, which demonstrates to us that you don't really have a degree of aptitude in all of this. And mm -hmm. now you're sitting here telling us where to grade. So it's an opportunity for me to sit down and, you know, had I been able to be one on one with this gentleman and explain to him, we need to we need to think outside the box. Sometimes we need to take things into consideration. A lot of people that entered this hobby in 2020 have a certain perspective. They have their group of leaders. They have PSA is PSA, like like Kleenex is to tissue. Yep. Uh, they, they have these ideas that are just chiseled in their 2020, 2021 experience. Maybe they had a time in the sunshine and that's what they want to linger on and not get into a bit of the darkness. But we're, we're trying to keep it on the level of just like Coach Co said a couple times, it's information, it's information. I want information to, to be out there. I want reality to represent reality. We saw some things and we start to get into the, the realm of legality and accusing someone of fraud. And Kate, like Cage said, you can't do that lightly. Can't. Nope. Um, which is why AIH created the hanky panky term and why we often talk in circles. Uh, sports card radio, you guys are familiar with sports card radio. That, there's a guy who doesn't talk in circles and wants to get into the thick of it. He once criticized a lot of pushback content saying people, people walk around it. Why are you guys being, why are you guys being wussies? Yeah, but the one thing they do good like is they have the goods. You know what I mean? Like right. if they're going to say something, well, they, they have yeah, the facts yeah, and the evidence yeah. to back it up. Yeah. Right, they do the research. Yeah. They don't just what I tell Andrew is, you know, Andrew's Andrew runs to church, farts, and runs out, and then people are sitting there in the pews, you know, <laughs> and he doesn't actually have he doesn't have any actual like you know evidence or anything to support what he's saying. He just, hey, you know it. It's a fact. It's just my opinion, but we all know it. You don't we, know. We it. all have. To you know, careful. it's like we Hamilton, right? You weren't in a room where it happened, my friend. You know, I mean, like, you know, you're gonna get, you're gonna get a slander message after this podcast. From my <laughs> Lord, just so you know, <laughs> send it to yourself. You're gonna save. You're gonna so, save on postage, Cage. I use Andrew as an example, just because you know, I mean, he's the only one I can because he's not gonna sue his own podcast. But you understand what I'm saying here, right? It, it's there. We we've got a lot of these folks coming up, and and all of a sudden now we have you know lawyer letters coming out, and we have you know cease and desist letters, and I gotta tell you guys just to, to kind of take a pivot, right? And you were here before this this blow up, so from like 2010 to 2014, what I did in the hobby was I bought and opened cases of UFC cards, right? I just loved opening them. Whenever they came out, I bought them. Release day, sometimes the day before release day. And I was in this community of UFC card, you know, collectors where, um, you know, I also had vintage baseball cards that had my own collection when I was a kid. You were getting loaded cases too. the day before release? So, Did you just admit that? See what I mean? He just farts and leaves it there. The loaded <laughs> cases. Another thing with no evidence about anyone, but now there's loaded cases and it's out there in the world that Andrew... You said you get them before And so now he's going to get a message, like, that. he's going to get a message saying, hey... You have a relationship with backyard breaks, and now you're talking about loaded cases with backyard. And we all know. And how do you navigate this, Andrew? And I mean, then I'll get the screenshot of it. And I'm like, you stepped it in, man. 
Cage is the godfather of loaded cases. We're flying. Yeah, exactly. Um, my, I wish my cases were loaded. But anyway, I would get a lot of cases on release day for years. And my goal with it was to have a little bit of fun, to open up as much product as I could. And because I knew the entire collecting space of UFC cards, when I pulled a Nate Diaz, I knew the Nate Diaz collector. When I pulled the Stupid Meal Church, I knew the person who collected that. And basically, I was breaking cases without breaking cases. Like I broke the case. And I would I'd message the person who I knew collected Diaz, the person who collected, you know, Amanda Nunes. It's like, okay, here's what I got in my 10 cases. This is what I think is fair. And they would buy it. And that would help me defray the cost. Sometimes I would lose. Sometimes I would break even. But that was the cost of having – I never really made money on it. But that was the cost of having fun with breaking the cases to be able to do this. That was my hobby. I got to open cards, collect some of the guys that I liked. John Jones. I had the Conor McGregor collection at the time because I thought he was going to be great when he came out. Had some rousy. Did you sell too? Did you sell too early, like I did, Cage? So, so of course, but that, that, but it wasn't even part of the the conversation and, and about getting into selling too early. And that, that is now part two of the conversation. Part one of the conversation is be, because you have to learn this. People who are out there listening, who 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 want to talk about hanky panky, and they want to talk about businesses and people screwing them and vast conspiracy theories. I spent four years opening, buying, selling without ever once wondering about vast conspiracies and grading companies and secondary markets and all this other fun stuff because it was a hobby for me. And the fun that I was getting out of the hobby was one, opening up cards like I used to open up, two, being able to get those cards into the hands of the people who collected those folks and at the same time defraying the cost of my hobby for myself. It was what when I make the comparison, and I do it without being bullshit, right? There are people who like to go to Broadway shows and go to a couple of them during the year and they get entertained by those Broadway shows. They're not thinking about making money on that Broadway show. They're not gonna they're not gonna go to the Broadway show, leave the Broadway show, and then try to sell their experience to someone, or maybe they are reselling their ticket stubs. I have no idea. But it's entertainment. It was entertainment for me. It was fun. It was a hobby that I wasn't looking for secondary market values. Of course, I sold some stuff. Of course, I made some money on some things. But it, it, the, the profit margin was never the driving factor of it. Yeah. And I think part of even your own first question, did you sell too early? The answer, of course, is yes. Looking back, I wish I would have held on to Joe Rogan base cards. That sells, yeah. for, sells for hundreds of dollars. I used to use the, those to pack the real cards. Because nobody gave a shit about Joe Rogan. That was cardboard. I used to use those and tape them around the card I was actually sending to someone on eBay. People were getting taped to Joe Rogan base card. Mike Goldberg, the other guy is out there. I mean, because nobody cared about that stuff. They were pennies. And, you know, so, so sure, I sold two hours. I sold all my Conor McGregor. I had Conor McGregor one-on-one rookie cards. And I'm, who knows how much they're worth, right? I had so much UFC. But that's not the point. The point was, yes, could I have made more money? Sure. But that was the hobby. And right now, 99% of the hobby would think about that and think I'm an idiot, and that's part of, I think, the problem. And that's why we've gone so far to this other like business side, so far to this other, like, let's expose the people like who are out there making, and, yeah, attack content yeah, and secondary yeah. market culture and which grading company is the best one to use because which one's going to get me more money. Yeah. It's so far removed in a decade. God, sorry. So man. I have a question on that. And both of you, I'd love to hear your comments on it. But like, if, if someone asked you guys the dynamic between Cartel and Coach Co., I'll tell you guys, the dynamic Cage and I have, right? Cage, you could clearly tell here we are 35 minutes in. He was a collector. He's been through a few cycles. Most of the stuff he did was ripping packs with his kids or with his dad. It was fun. I uh, embody maybe the generation that was, hey, come into this from flip life, from mug life. There is money to be made here. 
if you don't love a desk job, you can make 60 to 100K flipping things on eBay, by going to thrift shops and selling, buying NFTs and flipping them, buying cards and flipping them. So that's why our gener maybe my generation, that's our dynamic is how do we make money on this? Two-part question. What do you guys think about what Cage said with that? And what would, if someone kind of a listener, how would they describe your guys' dynamic, Coach Cohen Cartel? So I'll, I'll, I'm going to answer the second question first, and hopefully it'll help tie into the first question. Um, so our dynamic, Cartel's been in the hobby for fucking, man, like, I hopefully I can swear in the show because I'm probably going to at sure. some point. Um, not deliberately. Cartel's probably been in the hobby, what, 30 years maybe? I mean, you can correct me later. Um, quite some time, a long time. And um, I have collected at different parts. So as I mentioned before, I have I collected stickers. I think my earliest memory for stickers like 04. And every Euro and World Cup after that, I would buy the sticker book. And that was basically the extent of my regularly regular collecting. It's a good time to get in. Messy rookie cards. Yeah, Messy yeah. rookie well, year. You're lucky. And again. And so well, like, are you willing like, to admit that you're lucky right now? Because that's I'm not a big even that lucky because I lost half of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like I've moved like four times, right? Like four or five times. My mom threw out, I had crazy amounts of like Yu-Gi-Oh magic cards. Like I had crazy shit, Pokemon cards. That stuff is like non-existent anymore. Um, I, I still love the fact that I own that stuff. And I look back on that and I'm like, if I just had held it closer to my heart, you know, like it would, I've been a lot, it would have been a lot further along. Um, but like I would buy and collect, like we have, hockey cards here, um, McDonald's hockey cards. We have Tim Hortons hockey cards. So like that was the extent of my collecting until about, I'd say like 2013 or so when I was working with Cartel and I called him, I was at a local card shop and I was like, what should I buy? I want to get into, I wanted to get into hockey. Like, what should I buy? Here's what there's available. And I bought like a $150 box at a time. And at the time, that's a pretty expensive I you, box. Because... I gave you awful advice. I gave you awful advice. That's okay. That's okay. I don't blame you, honestly. Not by any means. But, but wait, before like 100... you go down the road, yeah. you, buy, you yeah. buy this okay. box. When you bought it, right, yes. were you asking Cartel, hey, which box should I buy so that I can make some money selling it no, in two weeks? it was which, which set has the best rookies in it? I was, like, I was like, which one of these has like the best rookies in it? And because uh, like 2013, it was it wasn't like a notable year really for like sports cards. You know what I mean? It's not like there was like. Oh, but it was a look back. rookie class for hockey. That, then so that's probably what it was, right? So anyway, I buy this box. I think it was like six cards in the box, and I pulled Jack shit, and that pretty much ends my like. I think it's ripping... pronounced Jack Eichel. Yeah. <laughs> you said Jack shit. Yes. So that pretty that's much a hockey ends, player, ends my ripping career until like <laughs> I don't know. 2020 when i decided to jump back in because of the pandemic i got laid off and i was like okay let's go back to like grass grassroots shit stuff that made me feel good as a kid and back to what we were talking about before like nostalgia memories of walking to the store and like with my friends buying dollar packs and filling out these books and all that jazz so the dynamic is someone who's been in the hobby for quite some time in cartel who you know often kind of helps me remember that like you know this is just a phase like everything is just a phase in this hobby right uh, the only thing that's constant is collecting is collecting what you like is perspective is all these things right everything is phases um and you, and you just figure out what you like in those phases and and try to moderate how much you spend in the process you know like it, you're you're constantly challenging your own patience levels essentially so i would be more of a new head this guy's been here forever um, that's the dynamic here. Uh, the first question 
you were talking a little bit about collecting and how people growing up now or, or one of them growing up now, but like people who are entering now, they don't even really think too much about like what they want. It's more so like, it's almost like what everyone else wants and what they, what they'll get approval for owning. Um, and I, and I would agree with you. I think it's bullshit. I think, I mean, I've been trying to push this for quite some time where like, you know, at some point, and I saw this very early on and, and fortunately, I mean, myself and cartel never really got into basketball collecting number one, because a uh, basketball and football to a certain extent, number one, because, um, the product just wasn't accessible here during like 2020. Um, it, it just wasn't accessible. Like it, retail wasn't happening. Uh, it wasn't even coming north of the border at all. And when it was, it was like crazy expensive. And, you know, I, I, I go back to when I watched basketball prominently and that was like the early 2000s and i'd look at some of these players and i'm like well what has this guy done that like dirk Nowitzki hasn't done do you know what i mean and so it just never really made much sense to me to be spending you know two three four five six thousand dollars for a guy who's you know played eight games or nine games or you know not played at all um and so i think a lot of so you went right out and bought all the mcjesus cards he could find right because he yeah (laughs) i I I mean at that point it already popped off you know like uh i I did go the ov route i did go the ov route for a little bit yeah yeah so it was a decent one um but yeah it's just you know a lot of people were building their collections around what would get the most instagram likes and and those are the people that are caught holding the bag right now because at some point your shit gets old at some point like you know people are tired of seeing Luca base cards base or, in every or auction Luca, times Luca 25 silvers or you know what I mean like prism silvers I, I know it's an iconic card and it's a beautiful card and he's a great player and all that stuff but like you know you have to think about what does he have to do in order to live up to the hype that that card once was and and I mean I don't know what the answer to that question is but it's got to be something pretty goddamn big it's funny you touched on something really quick and I want to hear cartel's answer to this too yeah. but you know, people ask me the same question pretty often, and it's, hey, when do I think the cycle is going to come back up? And Andrew's got a different answer, right? You know, he thinks in next year or in two years, or it's just going to come back. You know, we're going to come back up. And I tell people that, one, we may never see anything like what we just saw in 2020 with the, you know, the, the combination of just all of those factors and all that other craziness. But even if, if we did, you know, I do come from, you know, there have been other up cycles. There have been other, you know, times where, boom, it hits. And and you touched on it exactly right. You know, you went out there and said, "I'm gonna get back in because I wanna I wanna be I wanna be what draws me to like nostalgia. You know, what was fun? What was a time in the past where I was you know I was enjoying it, right? And you know, what brought me back? You know, buying cars, opening you know packs, you name it. I remember doing it as a kid. I remember you know the last kind of boom cycle called the junk wax era, the whole deal, right? Um, and I remember buying those cards. Um, when I tell people my answer, it's like, hey, it could take 15 or 20 years for the next one of these, you know, booms to happen. And if you're patient enough and buy the right stuff, 15, 20 years, you know, the next kids that come out, the next, you know, people who have some money, you name it, they're going to they're gonna look back and they're going to, okay, wow, let's, let's attack cards again. It's another 20 years down the road. It, it things kind of cycle back. Baseball cards were big, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, Pokemon's 25th anniversary, but it's really 20 for the American set. And, and you know, you, you all that. And what I'm most afraid of is that there are very few people who came back in like you did in 2013 and just said, I want to buy hockey cards because I love hockey cards. And, you know, I pick up the Tim Hortons and I pick up, you know, all this fun stuff in hockey. And what I'm fearful of is in 20 years from now, people are going to look back and not be nostalgic on this time because the content that's out there, what they're going to remember is we're all just eating each other. 
we're all attacking each other, we're all gotcha time. And when they look back at this time in the hobby, it's not the same innocence that was there when we were collecting as kids. You know, what they're going to remember is not opening cards and trading them with kids on the street and, you know, going and trying to find a cool card in a pack and, oh, wow, I pulled the shack or, oh, I pulled this beam team or I did this. What the, the kids who have money are going to remember is that they were one of the people who lost 80% of their money buying the wrong card so that they could show it off on Instagram, holding that bag of crap and then watching YouTube content and channels talking about nothing but hanky-panky and PPP loans and garbage like that. And so 20 years from now, that that boom that I'd like to see is in jeopardy already because of people like us going out there and basically shitting all over the hobby and what we're going to have. You think that's what we're going to remember? Yeah, I do. Because I think that's, and you've said it yourself, 2023 is going to be a time of attack. It's going to be a time of reckoning. It's going to be a time of people coming after each other. Why the hell would I want to have nostalgia for that? Why would my kid, which is why, by the way, I open a lot of Pokemon cards. It's a part of it. It's not the whole thing. Anyway. That's what I say to people. I'm, it's just one man's, just one man's opinion. You guys could disagree. I mean, up in, up in the Great White North. What about pulling the triple loco uh, man and getting is, a Lambo? You don't think that will be remembered in twenty years? Yeah. So you tell me how people are going to remember that. They're going to remember it as that they there was some sort of a fix in, and the case was a fixed case given to them because that was the way it was, and the people who were actually collecting never had a chance to get it themselves, and the Lambo drove over their heads. And that's going to make them want to come back and buy cards. Doubtful. In fairness, anyone who actually collects probably didn't have access to those boxes in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very true. You, you, Shoot, you cartel. Co-co just, just led into what I was sitting here waiting on, which is just like Andrew said, that's a portion of it. The cage, that is not the main driver here. I've spent a lot of time in the retail setting in these last few weeks uh, working with a company. So I've gotten back to that perspective of just sitting in a store, talking to people, watching people come in, see what they want to buy. I talked about this on Cardboard Coaches. We have to get a perspective on what people really like. Just for example, when the World Cup was starting, people were walking into a store, they wanted World Cup stickers. They were not walking in to buy some high-end Prism product or expensive Panini box. A lot of people are coming back because of nostalgia. We all know nostalgia is a big driver here and a big part of all of this. The problem is they're coming in and they're, they want to buy the 87 top Barry Bonds. But when they look at this new stuff, they're confronted with insane pricing, horrible quality control for the companies like Pops and Panini. Now they're confused because some of these cards are encased in plastic. They have no idea what's going on. That's, <laughs> Most that's, of them. The, that's, that's the bigger issue. If you want to talk about coming into the hobby in 2022, making sense of it, feeling nostalgic for it, that's what I think should be our bigger concern um, is just you know, the product itself, the way it's being presented, the way it's being priced, etc. They want to bring their kids into it. They're, what can I buy my kid? I mean, do you have anything that's less than $100? Okay, well, the, the blasters <laughs> are sold out. I can't find the blasters. Here's a pack for $8. Um, that's an issue. The pushback content, look, guys. We're, like, prison packs are like, what, like 120 I think, you know? You, you want a prison yeah, like, pack? Santa, Santa paid $55 for a World Cup prison blaster. No. Yeah, and your so your 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 stocking stuffers are expensive, but uh, the pushback content—it's it's fringe, guys. It's it's a niche market here on on Instagram. Not every look, everyone's got their thing. Coach Co is big on the Tiki Taki. He's got like ten million followers on the Tiki Taki. Ten I hate million. Social that would be crazy. I, that would I, be I think crazy. I think sports card cartel. China knows uh, everything you do, Coach Co. Be careful. Be very okay, very careful. Man. What are they going to do with that information? You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a needle in a haystack. All I've got is Instagram, and I've managed to build up a decent following. It's all I do. 
I people DM me. They're like, man, you you play some cool music, and I and I laugh at your stories. That's what <laughs> I've done for myself. So, and and I and I'm good with it. That's all I need now. As far as as far as the pushback content creating a negativity, yeah, I'm always I'm always concerned about that because that's the thing, right? Like if you call something out, even if it's justifiable, what you've just done is drawn attention to something that can hurt everyone, right? Kind of hurt all all of the people in business. And you have to, that's, that's the tricky part. Um, but just Cortel, I love that, what you're saying, by the way, that it's you know, the, the companies are accountable, right? And I mean, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't know how old you are, but if you're similar age to me, what's funny about it is when I talk about like the junk wax era, right? The, the late eighties to nineties, I draw a lot of similarities to what we just went through. It was a boom cycle. We had great rookies to buy. I mean, in between 89 with, you know, with, um, Ken Griffey Jr., 92 with Shaq, and all of a sudden basketball cards starting to, you know, actually matter. There was this huge influx, right? Lindros for hockey, right? I mean, you know, Gretzky switched teams. You had, um, I mean, look, I'll remember who the hockey guys were. You know, Pablo Bore was huge. Roman Hammerlick was a big player in 92. Yager was big. Um, Fedorov. Fedorov was, you know, I mean, so you had all these guys. The five Russians on the Red Wings, right? In the Asik, early 90s. Right? Big for hockey too, yeah. So, so, I mean, a lot of great guys. But but what happened there was industry came in. A lot of money was being made. And, you know, Upper Deck came out. Score came out. Bowman was released. I mean, all these crazy things. And, you know, what happened was kind of what we're seeing now, right? There was a lot of infighting, a lot of companies going bankrupt, a lot of lawsuits, a lot of litigation, you know, a lot of, a lot of boom in pricing, a lot of craziness, and then boom, it just kind of died. But you know what came out of the ashes like a phoenix, right? There was a, a fix to a lot of the problems. People went into the hobby, right? You had these, you know, $30 for a pack of Finest when 1993 Finest Baseball came out. Oh, my God, $30 for a pack? Who could afford that? I was a kid. I couldn't afford that. You know, I'd have to save up my allowance for months to buy one pack. And get a Phil Nevin. Who cares, right? So, so, so. But what happened there was you had a little bit of a lull, and then the companies had to go back to the drawing board, and they had to come up with something new. And then you got jersey cards for the first time ever in packs. You got autographs for the first time ever in packs. You got chromium technology, right? You got these super limited kind of like RPAs short, with something the, the that numbers, nobody even knew. Short number prints, cards. number yeah, cards, yeah, all yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. So the yeah. industry goes through a boom cycle. There's a little bit of pushback. People have what you just talked about. It's like, hey, the barrier to entry is too much for me. I walk into a store wanting to get back in. What's going on with all these things sealed in plastics? By the way, grading. Another thing that came, right? So so I expect what's going to wind up happening, and I could be wrong here, is we have this boom. There will be a humongous contraction because people who want to get in can't just because of exactly what you said, Cartel. They come in and like, what? You have anything for less than $100? What? This is how much? What? Coach Coe was right. Dirk Nowitzki just got a statue. Why am I paying more for Michael Porter Jr.? You know what I mean? And then, boom, it kind of hits a breaking point, and everybody's got to go back to the drawing board and find a way to make it better and easier. And then you grow from there. It takes a while, but you grow from there. What I if took guys... from that... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Cartel. Well, if you let me go ahead, I might, yeah. I might go on to it. So. <laughs> That's why you're here. I, I, you're the guest, I, I, wanted, I just wanted to get back um, because I, I, can, I, I can link a couple things here because I want to get back to the dynamic between myself and Coach Co and talk a little bit about that. And I think one, uh, there was another part of your question um, and just kind of like my overall like response to a lot of people who want to put a label on themselves, right? Whether it's like collector, flipper, you guys know that guy on YouTube, uh, sports card dealer, investor, collector. That guy's great, right? I mean, and and he's got it all in in a, in a row, but it starts with collector. Um, 
if you are truly passionate about this, which to me means that you're going to educate yourself and you're going to try to go beyond the, the restraints of uh, the worst thing you can do in life. And I'm sure you guys would agree with this when it comes to the real world. Uh, politics, whatever it is, if you're going to just closely align yourself with one idea or one like leader, you're in big trouble because you're going to close yourself off. So if you're truly passionate about the hobby in this space, you're, you're out there trying to get multiple sources of information, right? I, I hope that people that listen to you guys listen to another podcast. Anyone listening to Cardboard For Coaches sure. is listening to another podcast, that sort Diversity of, of ideas. That's I it. Listen to the two of our podcasts and no one else. You're so right? <laughs> but if you if you are doing that, if you're passionate, if you listen to Luke Nation and you listen to Cardboard Coaches and you listen to AIH and you do this sort of thing, uh, maybe crack open a Beckett every once in a while. I'm being serious. They still produce Becketts. I've got a Beckett here. Um, if you're doing that, you are going to be good at this. And what does being good at this mean? It might mean you might just have an awesome collection. It might mean you're really good at making money at this. That's the way I look at it. That's been my experience. Like if you love it and you're getting the right information and educating yourself, you're going to be good at it. You're going to be good at whatever it is you want to do. Uh, even if you're flipping some of the time, collecting some of the time. Part of what uh, drew me to Coach Co on a level of being in a, any sort of partnership, I've, man, I've gone through a ton of people when it comes to partnering up to do a show partnering up to do a podcast when i say a show i mean like a collectible show like a like an in-person collectible show um and i've gone through the gamut and i watch people closely i watch how people interact with kids i watch how people interact with people in general i watch the plays they make um i want to at the end of the day be associated with good people that i know i'm not going to have to launch an expose on or or appear on a podcast and someone's going to say What's up with what that guy did? How can you support that? And that was a big thing that drew me to, to Co. And part of that inevitably was the fact that he was kind of new to the space at the time. The way I like to describe it is Coach Co. may be a new head, but he's got an old soul for the for collecting. I'm I'm an old head. I'm open to the new things that are happening in the hobby. And that's what probably makes things work when it comes to, to our dynamic. I like that. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and it also speaks to the concept that you have to be open. First of all, Cage is entirely correct. If you look at the chronological... I usually timeline, am. <laughs> in, ter in terms of the chronological timeline, we are probably going to have to wait 10, 15 years. That does not mean there's going to be 10, 15 years of stagnancy and horrible right. nightmares. Correct. And that. it's not like every player on like every sport and right. every market all at once and forever, you know, like, that's yeah. not. And, and, yeah. and look, hockey, hockey is a great example. Look, there's, there's a huge comfort in that kind of niche market. Um, Cause I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Cole, a lot of times we just sit back and laugh and smile because things are pretty smooth in the hockey space. To tell you the truth. Other than the fact that upper deck is now releasing three different years in the same season of collecting, which is really bizarre. Other than that, we're pretty smooth. And Connor McDavid's having a hell of a year. And his cards are doing nothing but shooting up. Um, we're not. I hope you guys were listening when I gave the, uh, the Connor McDavid. Austin Matthews? Uh, I gave McDavid too, but I gave Austin Matthews. I gave it Austin Matthews, um, the, his rookie PSA 10 at 300 bucks and the rookie. You know, you guys oh, know. Yeah. What's the only rookie likes, buy of a hockey guy? Uh, guy. Let's add context. Young Cage young really likes yeah. Russell Westbrook's uh, outfits. He, he actually buys Russell. them. <laughs> yes, it's true. Just wait. Is it, was it he the really likes Russell Westbrook's outfits, and he's like, 
Who's the hockey player that most resembles Russell Westbrook? Austin yeah. Matthews dressed as kind of like Russell. Part of my play down. on him was just the 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 fact that he was you know he was a, oh, a weird spirit, eclectic. Is that the right word? Right, kind of like you yeah. guys. It looks. Right. But he came in. He was like he was wearing a suit. It was like a cow suit. It was like a cowhide. It was like black and white. And I'm like this guy reminds me of Russell Westbrook. Buy his cards. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's 300 bucks for his Young Guns PSA 10. Boom. Oh, and by the yeah, way, he's the point leader, and this guy's incredible too. <laughs> And, and, and he's hanging out with Justin Bieber. You know, you can't go wrong. Um, this is true. But Haley the, Bieber the point would probably be better, but yeah, we, thanks. So. We, we weren't experiencing these crazy peaks and values that some of these sports were experiencing. Uh, we, we, had, we had two new players kind of join the ranks of the, the big cards this year, Cage Thompson and Jason Robertson. So that's very healthy. And that, that's what I want to see over the next few years. We don't need to see but We'll see if that lasts though, but, right? Like We will. I mean, Tage I mean, is still playing really well. Jason Robertson's still playing yeah, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, and you had like you know, know you had Kane right during the playoffs last year. I mean, you had all kinds of fun stuff, right? Yeah, you you young guys kind of show up in hockey just same way they do in baseball playoffs. I mean, you had the Randy Arozarena and all that other fun. I mean, so I mean, it's, I what I liked about hockey was you almost had a force scarcity because I mean it's getting blown up now because upper deck just the, the the production line was crazy for them. You didn't have the prisms. You didn't have the, you know, the, the, you know, Panini just dropping a million releases on you guys. Upper Deck was real slow to do stuff. I mean, Andrew, remember just a good example of it is, you know, that that metal release that I bought that I was happy and then sad like three days later. You know, the one that had the PMGs in it. It wasn't hockey. It was the metal. It had hockey in it, but metal release that was supposed to come out like a year and a half. Yeah, no, it was it was it was metal. It was a metal universe or something like that. And and it it released. It released like 18 months after it was supposed to release because Upper Deck was just so far behind in producing all this stuff. So here we had all this craziness blowing up, but Upper Deck wasn't actually releasing a ton of product just because they couldn't get it printed. But now... Someone someone just told me they're soliciting two years worth of Metal Universe hockey at the same time. Yep. So these yeah. retail stores are like, what are we prioritizing? What are we doing here? It's, it's wild. It's it's crazy what happened. It'll, it'll right size. During the first... Guys- junk wax era was there always outrage like we talked a little bit about this but like solutions like like right let's talk about solutions the redemptions we people do want to get redemptions back right quality control people don't want to get cards that are either beat or have dinked corners psa not returning cards in a timely manner right holding them for 18 months like what are the should people be outraged should people be concerned about that and second question is like what are the solutions for that maybe, right? Or does it matter? Should we just collect and let it all play itself out? Are, are these not all functions of the fact that because things were so hot and heavy and there was so much money getting thrown around that you now have a situation where these companies were, were simply being careless or did not have the foresight uh, when it comes to the grading arena of realizing just how much, just how, just how much volume was too much volume? Uh, how much product is too much volume yeah. or too, too much product, right? Well, this is why I said progression, that. right? Like it was just like they couldn't have possibly had the foresight for this. It's like that under like it was a perfect storm, like Cage said. Like we might never see a storm like this ever again. I think there was an overcorrection, I think is what Cartel was talking about. So in the beginning, we had that run up because, you know, the, this huge demand came in and yeah. the supply was based on what was going on in 2016 and 2017. And then 18, 19 happened and you still had the same kind of supply. And then all of a sudden, you know, they start printing and printing and printing and they overprint. I mean, a perfect, I don't know if you guys care about this, but a perfect example was Top Shot. 
I use this always. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not recommending anyone buy it. Don't buy it, the whole deal, but I use it because it's a nice, easy microcosm of the hobby, right? It came out, they were producing things in limited quantity, you know, a couple a thousand were total for the first series of like LeBron. And then all of a sudden, 10,000 people wanted to buy them and cause the price to go up because there's only a thousand and 10,000 want the price goes up. The next release, they print and everyone gobbles them up. Now they've hit kind of right size of supply, and now there's 20,000 people who want to buy these cards. The next release, they make 60,000 of all of them, and no one wants it anymore. Because all of a sudden, you went past that saturation point. You know what I mean? You went past. You made now way more supply than the demand could ever eat up. And all of a sudden, people are buying, buying, and then boof, the prices start to tank. It doesn't do the same thing that it was doing. And we saw the exact same thing in the hobby. I think the hockey has kind of been immune to it. Unfortunately, it's because you guys get no respect. You're like Rodney Dangerfield up there. A perfect example I give is I remember collecting in 1993 when SP came out, the Upper Deck brand SP. And I was building a base set because I was a kid, right? I was 16 years old and I didn't have money to be buying. But baseball came out. I didn't know who Derek Jeter was. But <laughs> I wish I would have held on to the Derek Jeter cards. Yeah. You know, he didn't come on the scene for two more years. But baseball had its own SP release. And football had an SP release, Drew Bledsoe. Man, I still have six of them in my basement, right? I got SP. I built the whole set. Cool cards. You name it. Hockey came out. It was the first time I wound up buying hockey cards because I thought they were going to make an SP hockey set. I was going to chase the Lindros and the Gretzky and all these guys. Do you know what they did? They put SP as a, its own. It, it was in the upper deck hockey. They didn't make an SP hockey set. It didn't even get the respect to have its own version. They just put one of the cards in upper deck, like one per box. It's like an insert. Then the next year they came out with SP hockey. Exactly. It was more like a drawing kind of set. They did like, you know, SP champions. But hockey is never really part of that overproduction. I've made the argument with Andrew here that part of it is no panini. Just the fact that you had upper deck, you didn't have this prism, this craziness, and you didn't have a lot of people come in and try to pump it. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is you have to be educated a little bit more. And it's very easy to say, buy LeBron, buy this, buy yeah, this. You know? yeah. But in hockey, it's like, all right, well, is this McDavid guy any good? People didn't want to go north of the border and actually research it to make the so, uh, the pump kind of plays. Go ahead. So speaking of upper deck, real quick, and, and transitioning to, because Andrew also asked, like, what, what to do about this. Yep. And what this is specifically, if if you guys can agree with me or not, the, the two major things. So number one, so in the world of hockey, we are seeing lower – Look, I hate talking about population reports and gem rates when it comes to grading, but it is interesting because it it helps me give a little bit of a statistical background to what I'm about to say. But Upper Deck has been having its fair share of quality control issues, and you see that reflected in the grading, right? So they're not there. It's not just Tops and Panini. It's all of the major manufacturers. It is a huge problem if you're new to the hobby and you're buying your first product in a long time, and you're buying Tops Chrome Baseball, and I'm sure. Do all of us, are all of us aware of how ridiculous the quality control is in this yeah. across all of their Chrome brands, across all of them? Panini, I mean, it, it, they become memes, they become jokes. We just opened the Chrome that. update box and every card we got is ungradable. I mean, yeah, I, I would have sent in the base, like Jeremy Pena rookies, it was yeah. so off-centered. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I have it right here. Or there's there's an insert set with veining across the back, like it's been crumpled. Anyway. Um, that's a problem. That's a huge real world problem. You want to get away from people arguing online about chill bidding, about PPP loans, talk about the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty is the quality control. The nitty gritty is all of this, um, all of this controversy when it comes to grading, 
what is going on? Like, uh, what is what is the nature of the authentication? What is the guarantee? Why are we hearing about trimmed cards? Why are we hearing about fake patches, for example, is a big thing in the realm of Upper Deck, the Cup, and uh, the, uh, the, the hockey collecting world. And I don't know what the answer is. Andrew's saying, what are we going to do about that? But I am just pointing out, those are some of the biggest real world. Cartel, I love this. Because you know what I would like to do for you guys? You have a platform. We have a platform, Sports Card Radio. They talk to Andrew every now and again. Usually they don't say nice things. But I like those guys because I think they use that platform really, really well. But you know what's funny is the PPP loans those were taken, business. right? The PPP loans were taken. Like we can't go – I mean Coach Code looks like a smart guy. You have a mustache like that. You better be in Mensa. You better be smart because people are going to come after you with that mustache, right? I mean so he better be a smart guy. Maybe you yeah. can invent the DeLorean time machine. We can go back in time and, and do it. I'm trying my best. We, we, can't, we can't make somebody not take the PPP loans. We can't make somebody not go back and manipulate a market and tell us what to buy and we didn't listen and we were down 80%. But what Cartel's talking about now is something we can all use our platform for in the future. We can all talk about, hey, what Upper Deck is doing, what Tops are doing, and maybe we can get an ear from somebody there with their quality control. And maybe if we talk about this enough, look, nobody's giving back their PPP loans, right? It's a done deal, right? I don't know why the hell we're all still sitting here eating Kit Kats in the shower with each other, right? But instead, let's focus on this stuff going forward, right? I mean, I love it, Cartel, because, look, that's something that we can change because, you know, if people have cards they open and they're wasting their money, you can't grade it. You can't, I mean, forget about the secondary market. Like I opened this box with my son. We're like, we don't even want these. Yeah. And he looks at this. He's like, what the, I don't even want. It's got like a wrinkle in the back of it. It's got a, so maybe. So let me ask the, you on that. Cause sure. I, I've been holding that. So, and this is actually for coach Cobra. Both of you guys will weigh in on this because it, it applies to both of you. Uh, you collect soccer stickers, right? Yeah. You see Spinatron say, Hey, 30 K for the digital version of the Messi card. You see Mbappe after Patrick in the World Cup. It's not his cards that are doing the damn thing. It's his so rare digital collectible that's yeah. sold for six figures. Yeah. Thoughts on digital? Um, I just, I mean, I've, I've done, I dive into so rare and I just, again, I just didn't see, for me, it's been about tangible, right? Like it's been about tangible. It's been about nostalgia. I get zero nostalgia from like a, like an emoji on a screen you know like i mean it's not an emoji it's obviously like a and like i, I i'm well well aware of nfts and with so rare you have the ability to theoretically make money moving forward and that's the benefit in purchasing something like this and um but that, that i just can't possibly justify what is it like two hundred thousand dollars for an mbappe like in my opinion i mean you should be buying a messy i'm not saying that anyone should do this okay so let's put this out there no everyone buy whatever the hell they want but if I had $200,000 to spend on something soccer related, I would be buying a messy PSA 10. I'd be buy a messy nine, five mega cracks. I buy stuff that you just don't see every day. I mean, Pele stuff is still super cheap. I think it's considering Maradona. Like these are people that are like legends of the game. Don't buy Maradona. That guy used his hand. Stuff that's very <laughs> scarce. Um, and you know, often very brittle, and you can't find this stuff in in quality grades, right? So you guys know the goalie that he scored on is on Twitter, and he just gets perpetually roasted by his fans for that goal, even though really? Messi scored with his hand. They make fun of him. They're like, "You can't jump. You are so unathletic." Somebody who's five foot five out jumped you. Swear to God, it's 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 I comedy. Thought, Look I, up his name. I, I, I thought you were about to tell me 10 years ago he committed suicide. He couldn't. Yeah. No, no. I really hope it that would be. And, and guys, uh, Pele, I believe there's some rumors Pele passed away today. So uh, just a soccer great condolences. 
If I, I haven't heard that yet, man. Maybe how long we've we been on this podcast, bro? It's been a long time. An hour. That's what I mean. I'm like, yo, don't say that. Listen, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to get completely dry out of the shower with my Kit Kats cage. Uh, yeah, I do want to. I do want to loop back real quick and eat a Mr. Big Bar out in the shade. I'm saying right now, but look, um, when it comes to some of these elements of the pushback content, and then just going back to some of the conversations I had with Mr. Goldberg. Um, hey, how's it going? It's Kate K- Little. It's Junior Cage. Ian. <laughs> Ian, awesome. I'm sure he had a wonderful Christmas. Cracking he probably just him. fixed his Lego Black. drama that we were dealing with. He hasn't had shop. enough days yet to open all of the gifts. He literally got so tired. There's so many gifts under the Don't table. let me end the episode without talking about one thing he opened. Because I want to give okay. some value. These guys have given a lot of value. I want to be able to give some value too. Go ahead. A year, a year and a half ago, I knew some Lego flippers. I'm just putting that out there. These guys were oh, yeah. Lego. Minifigs. Minifigs sell for a shit ton. Hey, but he won't, he won't hey, sell any of it. He loves this stuff. <laughs> Collector hashtag. Yes. <laughs> look, correct me if I'm wrong. At this point, can we not? We can look back right now at a lot of things, right? Right now, people are looking at the companies, looking at, um, look, and the bigger name you are, the bigger influencer you are, the bigger your your platform. There's there's maybe a bit more magnification, but we're looking back now on everything that happened over the past couple of years, and I, I hope we can now look at it with a bit of a calmer perspective and maybe and, and it's this perspective people made their plays and made their moves for a reason whether they were involved in any sort of controversy or being questioned in terms of what they were doing pumping and dumping is the is the is the most prevalent one and it's also the toughest one to prove like that that's why i never got into this concept you know my issues with a certain curator have nothing to do with pumping and dumping it's who he is as a human being and his personality I, I can't sit here and because if I'm talking about UFC cards, am I automatically pumping, et cetera, so on and so forth. Anyway, when we get into the realm of people that wanted to dip into the cookie jar more so than they were already dipping, guys, what it came down to was I kept an eye on content where I wanted to see a little bit of accountability, taking responsibility. You know what works awesome? saying i understand okay so if you want to go the route and say you didn't do something say i understand how people saw it this way let me explain myself and if need be i'll offer an apology and i think that's one of the main things i told you andrew on the phone was i'm all about conversations have the hard conversations let people explain themselves let people offer an apology that's a powerful thing if you offer if you offer like a genuine honest apology in some of these circumstances when it comes to shill bidding or a circumstance where you are profiting potentially off not someone's misfortune because if someone's buying a, a card that's been shill bid and they're still happy with it the point is that their 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 final price was pumped a little bit yep um, versus, versus I, doubling down and saying all the men in the hobby are insults and all that stuff listen, just that, issue I, an apology I, I and own it that, that that was terrible and like i said the the, <laughs> the correct thing is Offer an apology, or if you don't feel you need to, I'm not sitting here telling someone to to apologize. If you feel that you don't need to, give us a good explanation. Take the time to just talk about it. That's the power of platforms that have a lot of eyes on them, like yours, guys. And that's what I want to see. I'm sure we're getting to the point where maybe we want to talk about what we see, what we want to see in 2023. That's the kind of stuff. Yeah, I want to see. I don't an want hour to and ten minutes attacks. in. <laughs> I don't want to see attacks, attacks, or insults. Or things like that. What I want to see is that kind of uh, man. I'm using the word Andrew 
started the whole thing with accountability. I want to see some good content. He said transparency. I like accountability. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Transparency. Okay, you wanted to wrap with one one thing. No, Obviously, but I want to hear what these guys, what their predictions are for 23 and 23. I, I, listen, I know it's been 70 minutes. Coach it might take 30 seconds. But I do – by the way, guys, thank you for coming on and for bearing with the craziness. Andrew and I kind of – you know, we smack each other around a little bit. But I, I do see a kindred kind of spirit in you guys. It's like an old soul, you know, new collector. You know, somebody's been here for a while. I think it's a good way for people to learn. I think people do – you know, people do like that with us. They think I beat up Andrew a little bit too much. Um, sometimes I, I just, like that though. I, I might have to start. I like that. I co, I might, I might take a page. Well, people don't see the behind the scenes stuff, right? I mean, yeah. sometimes Andrew, he's, you know, in, in his head, um, he's a good egg. And I think he sometimes wants to just go to war like for the hobby. Like, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I feel bad because I have to kind of, you know, knock him off his horse every now and again and say, there's no war right now. You know what I mean? Like, like, I know you want to lead the people into battle, but let's pick the right battle for you to, you know, lead that it's charge in. See what I mean? All, all, all <laughs> evil needs to persist is for good people to do nothing. So, yeah. I mean, that's, it's very true. It's very true. It's very true. And I mean, but there'll be a, there'll be a time for you to lead, lead the charge, man. I promise. Just today, today might I'm not be training. It. I'm in training. <laughs> I see all. cartels. Bo- for, we will talk about your bone broth sponsorship, which is incredible. Uh, but I see cartels deadlift, you know, six plates on each side, and I'm like, damn, this guy's ready to go. I don't know what that means. Unfortunately, his, his You're lifting dead is, people? Yeah. I'm on, I'm, on I'm both sides. Obviously not. Six of them on each side. Wow. That's heavy. I'll, I'll take the compliment. I'll take the compliment. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll wrap up with this. Obviously, cardboard coaches on YouTube. Go follow them. Go and the final question for each one. Each one gets a couple of minutes to go through and say what – they expect for 2023 but they want to see what they expect to see right you wanted almost like predictions for 2023 like you know in a perfect world what would you like to see and what do you actually think is going to happen each one shoot who do you want to go first i'll go first is it age before beauty i mean cartel has both i was oh i was gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) what about me (laughs) predictions for 2023 um i mean i i i definitely see a lot more a lot more people refraining from ripping wax which i mean to your point is, is probably not a good thing um but i, I it's got to keep happening i'm sorry like it and it's probably again people are going to hate me for saying that but like at, at the end of the day the price of wax is too high you the returns are not quite there if we it, anytime you're opening a box and you're i mean there's there's a very l- low chance that you break even it's probably not a good thing um especially because people are starting to see that a lot of these rookies are like flash in the pan. I think because a lot of people have been burned by rookies in the past, you're probably going to see people be a little bit more hesitant to go all in so quickly um, moving forward because so many people have been burned. I'm not going to say that there's not still going to be hype when a guy comes out because there definitely will be. Every new first overall draft pick is going to be the next, the next Brady or the next Mahomes or the next Josh Allen. Um, but I do think that there's going to be – pardon We've got Connor Bedard coming. Yeah, up. we do. And he's apparently he's obviously going to be the next Gretzky, you know? So, but I do think that there's going to be a, a, a decent amount of people that do wait versus before it was like all hands on deck. Um, whoever can get this product as quickly as possible. I think a lot less, a lot less people are going to be partaking in the, the game of hot potato is what I like to call it with his ultra modern players, especially early on. Um, what do I want to see? 
2023. I want to see a lot. And I've talked about this many, many, many times on our podcast, but I want to see more people like set collect. I want to see more people collect what they actually goddamn like. Um, and it doesn't have to be in a slab. Maybe they, they do have to be in a slab for you, but it doesn't have to be in a slab. Bring the damn binders back. You know, like I, I, I mean, I got a bunch of binders that I've been filling out re- recently. It feels good. Like I don't, I, I can't, I can't stress this enough. Like having every number in a row, you know, of cards, it's just, there's something so heartfelt about it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, but you know, go, go back to the roots of collecting, uh, whatever that means for you, whether that's, I mean, RC, RC cars, or I don't know, a lot of people, hot wheels, I, you know, it doesn't have to just be collecting cards. Although I do, I would appreciate if you collect a card, but collecting of all natures, I mean, uh, go back to things that actually make you feel good. So 2023, uh, I want more people to figure it out. What it, what it is that you like to collect? Do you like collecting? Are you just kind of messing around in this space? If so, please just know your limits. How about that? And, yeah. uh, I love it. Yeah. Cartel. Cartel, before you go real quick, just to hammer on what coach goes saying, I think it's a cool thing. 2023, you guys could do your stuff. You can buy your, you know, $10,000 cards, buy RPAs, buy whatever it is. The binder thing is something I was actually thinking about too, right? I, I, you know, everybody who's listening and watching, whatever it is, close your eyes for a second and think about what it is you collected when you were a kid or what it is that, that, that you can get nostalgic about or have the most nostalgia about. What is the sport you like the most? What is the thing you like the most? For these guys, it's going to be hockey, right? For me, it's probably baseball. Pick a year that hits you, right? Pick a year that you collect it. I mean, for me, maybe it's the 86 tops, maybe the 87 top set or, or something like that, right? You know, pick, pick something else that's, that's cool. Um, you know, maybe you came in in the nineties and you liked the jambalaya set or, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that calls to you, speaks to you. You don't have to buy it in PSA 10, right? But you know what you can do is grab a binder, grab some sleeves. If it's an old top set with 792 cards, start to build one, you know, open packs, grab a, I mean, you can get 87 tops at a car show for $10 for the box, Jeez. right? Yeah. But if you, if you're doing your jambalayas, if that's your thing, great. It's not a huge set, but it's going to cost a little bit. Buy raw, put the set together. This is what's going to happen. One, you have fun. Two, you'll probably find somebody to go along that journey with, whether in your house, a kid, a cousin, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker who's going to share that with you. But more importantly, as you're starting to build that set and as you're starting to complete it, you're finding yourself online. You're finding yourself in Instagram groups that you weren't in. Right, because the RPAs you were doing, the, the flipping you were doing, that was a different world. That was a different aspect of it. But now you're in a collector group of people who buy raw only, or who trade cards, or who you know are also building sets. And you can trade, you know, and get your jambalayas by trading, you know, uh, metal portraits or something else you have. And yeah. you can all of a sudden now you find yourself in a community because of this set that you're building. You find yourself having a little bit more fun. And I'm not saying that that, that has to take over and stop. The other flipping you're doing, the other no. collecting, the other investing you're doing, but it, it 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 is a way to kind of reconnect with what brought you here to begin with, and it probably won't cost that much money. And you know, it's one of those things. I love it, Coach Collins. I would recommend everybody to do it. Cartel, you're up, guys. To paraphrase a popular meme that's out there these days, I encourage everyone, one and all, to reject modernity and embrace collectability. And what I mean by that is, look, at the end of the day, in terms of what Coach Co was saying, that needs to be umbrellaed to everyone. I am not going to judge you or have a problem with you if you are a flipper or if you're doing it purely for investment or if you're a degenerate ripper slash gambler, there is space for you and I'm going to come across you on the, on the various pathways and trails and I'm going to need to learn and understand how to deal with whatever this person labels themselves as. 
we're all going to do business with them. If you're a pure collector, you will eventually have to sit down and hash it out with an investor. If you're a flipper, you're going to have to hash it out with a collector who has a piece that you want. They all intersect. And I would just encourage everyone to make your base. Like it's like mixed martial arts, right? What's a, what's a really good base? Rustling's a great base. Jiu-jitsu's a great base. Stand up, not the best base to start at, but we've seen people, you know, make, make do with it. But your base and all of this and your mixed martial collecting should be collecting, right? You're going to be better at everything you do. You're going to be a better flipper. You're going to have more success as an investor. If you're choosing something, choose a sport, choose a player. If you choose a sport, now you're going to be really good at following all the stats, all the standings. If you pick a player, you're going to automatically glom onto their sport. Learn about it. Learn about the history of Upper Deck, the history of Panini, uh, stickers, et cetera, so on and so forth. Be the type of person that can hop into a conversation when Cage says something controversial, like, I don't like soccer cards and I don't want to buy your soccer cards. So, so jump into that without insulting. I wouldn't be buying it myself. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm kind of making light of the whole thing. But, yeah, but I'm trying to say that jump into that conversation with a good knowledge base and a good perspective. Don't just jump in there and tell Cage to screw off or tell him you agree with him 100%. My DMs were great, by the way. I learned a lot. I'm, I'm sure yeah, the engagement on that post too was great. Almost as good as right. my Chris Farley Santa Claus one, which blew everything <laughs> else I've ever done out of the water, which is amazing. People love Chris Farley. My wish for 2023 is what we just discussed there is, uh, is, is what you said, Cartel, is join that conversation with education, right? Don't just clown emoji. Here's why I believe in soccer collecting. I got a lot of clown emojis. <laughs> I want to I wanna throw one just out of, out of I did. field for you guys. Uh, just to kind of wrap the idea that we are the cardboard coaches. Um, now that we're out of, you know, a tough spot when it comes to the world and spending a lot of time at home, how about as collectors, we prioritize our health and take care and take care and curate our body like we curate our collections, respect our bodies like we respect our collections, put the effort into, the, into it as much as we do our collections, drink the bone broth, do some, do some deadlifting games, Get your workouts in. I don't care what kind of workout it is, but guys, there's a reputation in the hobby across collecting. Let's get rid of that reputation as 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 uh, Cage chugs the, oh, tell me that that's Coke Zero too. Is it a Coke Cherry Zero? Is that what that is? But but guys, look, and by the way, everybody knows the cartel loves Mountain Dew Special Editions. You can find the balance, take care of yourself, love yourself. Let's encourage one another to be in shape so that the hobby gets a Full transparency. That's being jacked, right? Full transparency, because I, I don't want to out you. Uh-oh. You are sponsored by Bone Bro. I am. And you're I am the only broth. person in the sports card hobby that actively seeks and receives sponsorships with health food companies. So that's what the cartel's here to bring. That's that's what I'm here to add to the conversation. I want a Chick-fil-A sponsorship. You've outed me. You've outed me. That's so good. Well, I so guys, one more fun one just to the end here. If you made it through... 80 minutes of fun by the way one of my favorite episodes maybe my favorite i appreciate you guys are coming on you know love this holiday week people are home listening some people um they, they i might get a little crazy i might cut this in half and go part one part two i'm, I'm nah, a kind of crazy I, guy I, I, so i was just gonna say people you know on your health kick people do um there are a lot of people out there who work out for whatever the length of our episode is and yesterday we had like a 25 oh, minute right. one and today they're gonna have an 80 minute you know heart, heart attack <laughs> on the treadmill so. on the treadmill so That's just that. a thirty-second thing. Um, Santa way, brought... tremendous audacity for you responding responding to YouTube comments on my account. We're gonna have a conversation. How is it your account? <laughs> oh, you're right. 
I mean, it's, uh, it's, okay, you okay. know, one of those things, man. But my comments are are awesome. That's why people yeah. will know which comments are mine because I'm like, people are like, oh, what's going on with these awards? Who the hell wants an award? And I'm like, you just won the award for the worst freaking comment of the year. And I'm like, no, there's no way Andrew brought that. That was clear, <laughs> all on cage. So guys, Santa brought something fun. It it goes in line. It's funny. I didn't, you know, Coach Co. You know, he he plays hockey, but it was almost volleyball. He almost set me up for this one, right? We talk about wax. I'm always, you know, keep my eye open for what I think is um, affordable wax. And it's funny what we consider affordable after going through this up and this down, right? Um, and I know it's not hockey, so it's not going to be for everybody. And I know that this probably was a $30, you know, retail product, which took five years ago. It's not the same price it is now. But um, we're not sponsored by them. We don't have a distributor sponsorship. But I, uh, Santa purchased this at uh, Steel City, a distributor, you know, online. You can buy Steel City cardboard. But take a look at this. Right. So this is a, a mega box of 1718 optic and it was $95 like before a coupon code, I think $99. I, I don't know what it, it's at now. Maybe it's 109, but what's cool about Jason, this one here. Yes, sir. Thank you. I don't need it. So, so I'll ship it to you if you want, but it was like a hundred bucks, right? Basically yeah, sure. here and there. But what's, what's cool about it is 20 rated rookie red and yellow. So the red and yellow look like this. I got, little Thomas Bryant, you know, there are Thomas Bryant collectors. That's what it looks like. It's just what I pulled out right here. And then it also comes with two hollow prisms, you know, like optic hollows. Yeah. Um, some of them could be rookies. I mean, you're not, you might not get the best rookie in the world, um, you know, for those optic hollows. I wound up getting uh, Captain Tyler over here, which I'm sure is not worth that much money. You could go, you could hit a uh, Tyler Lighten. Yeah. You could hit a Tatum on this, right? And Tatum makes, but well, it's funny with getting, with getting 20, Ian opened this present from Santa and got a Tatum base, a Tatum red, blue, and yellow, a Bam, uh, De'Aaron Fox, um, Donovan Mitchell, because you got two of them. I mean, so you're talking about 100 bucks. You're, I know the red yellows don't sell for a ton. They were gradable. They're centered. But for 100 bucks to get something where you're now, I mean, Tatum's in the four, you know, right? right the, the little conversation of an MVP. He's having a great year. You got all these yeah. other guys, Donovan Mitchell. And you're guaranteed you're getting 20 rookies. Yes, you're going to end up with Caleb Swanigan and David Reed and Justin yeah. Patton. But you got two of these 200 bucks getting 40 rookies. You got everyone that we just named, multiples of Tatum. So it's just, you know, one of those things that's 100 bucks. If you're looking for something basketball with potential to pull Tatum and real potential to pull something, you know, really, you know, really nice, you get the additional like court kings that are in here. The hollows, I mean, we wound up getting a Kemba Walker hollow. Maybe you get a LeBron. Who the hell knows? Or a Giannis. But. I, I'm always on the lookout for stuff like that where it's not going to break the bank. And even if you get garbage, it, it was a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like you're probably not going to be able to, you're not even going to lose your shirt on it. Fun rip. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. you're going to get some rookie in it. So anyway, base is 40 bucks in and of itself. So, and we hit one, you know, I mean, and it was centered and nice and, you know, ready to go off for grading. So, you know, it's one of those nice. Cardboard coaches, Mr. Cartel, Coach Co. Will you guys be at any shows coming up in the next year? In the next yeah. few months, maybe. Yeah, I'm coming to the national. Brendan, are you are you off to the national? Because we might both to the be national. off. To the national, so. Yeah. Sports card expo. Sports card expo, which we hope you guys will hit up one of these days. All the time. And that's coming up, I believe, in April. April or March. It may be. It, it might be. Early know, this sounds year. good. End of April. Canada. Canada in the winter is not something I aspire to. I I don't aspire for it either, man. Don't blame me. But, you know, I tried to go to Canada once. I was arrested on the way. But that's a story for a second time we have you guys on. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, 
do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.